Broadcasting live from the WGBB World Headquarters here in New York. This is the Big Fat Joey Show with your host, Big Fat Joey. Hey, hey, Sin. Morning, Big Fat Joey. Big Fat Joey Show. Biggest thing on radio. What's up? Can you believe it's Sunday? It's Sunday already. I know. You know, quick, quick, quick. The weekends are going by and even quicker. The holidays are coming up. I think, well, Thanksgiving is another week and a half, right? What's that? Five, four, nine, ten, eleven, something like that. Eleven, twelve days I'm from now. I'm ready to push forward this year. We're ready for a new year with better things. Yeah, 2020, as we've all been saying, can't go away quick enough. But you know what? Got a lot of things done around the house. I know a lot of people, a lot of people I've, I've interviewed have gotten a lot of things done around the house. And, you know, some people reinvented themselves. Others have, uh, you know, taken up the tasks and gotten things done. But, you know, enough is enough. We need to try to get back to our normal lives. And hopefully with, um, you know, the new horizon will be some new uh, better things. I'm super ready, but I'm super excited about today. Who do we have on today, Sin? Dr. Kelly Colleen from Dr. 90210. We're going to chat all things Botox, fillers. What does everyone want to look like? I'm excited. Everyone wants to look like me. Cue's a button. That's true. That's true. But just what are the trends in, in plastic surgeries? And, and um, what does everyone want to look like? What celebrities? So I'm super excited. I know. Don't worry, everybody. Sooner or later, going to be seeing a lot of big fat Joey's wild in the street. Possibly, possibly, but bigger isn't better because we were talking about, you know, not everyone wants those big chests anymore. So it'll, it was very fun and interesting. So, and she does an amazing job on the show and, um, makes women and, and her, all her patients look beautiful. Yeah. Now Dr. Colleen, she was super duper nice. It was great having her on. You know, I give any doctor, I'm not a, I'm not a needle and blood type of person, so I, I give them all kudos for what they do. And, and especially for, you know, superficial reasons, a lot of the doctor's work is really uh, a yeoman's uh, test. And they're out there helping a lot of people get, you know, their self-esteem back and, and get them to where they want to be. Well, she does an amazing job, and she was just super sweet. So I'm excited for everyone to hear it. No, super duper sweet. We also have on today... Another great indie artist. We have Igor Keller from the band Longboat. They're out from the West Coast. Igor's got a great new song out right now, Safe at Home, all about helping us cope with this stay-at-home um, mantra, not mantra, we had a lockdown that we're in. Yes, that's the word, lockdown, you know, the stay-at-home lockdown. So, his song is very therapeutic and, and, and helping us cope with, with ourselves, you know, in, in this lockdown stage. So he'll be coming up next uh, after the doctor and we'll be hearing his new song. Also, tomorrow night, Sin, right? Isn't it the finale of Dr. 90210? Yep, I'm ready. My station, my TV, everything's set. I'm ready. It is on the E! channel at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So mark your calendars, set your DVRs, check out the uh, season finale. All right, everyone, without any further ado, is mine and Sin's interview with Dr. Kelly Colleen from Dr. 90210. All right, everyone, on the line with us today is Dr. Kelly Colleen from Dr. 90210. Doctor, welcome to the Big Fat Joey Show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being on. We're here with Sin. 
Hi, Dr. Clean. I'm so excited because the Dr. 90210 is filled with girl power. It sure is. It's, it's a fun show. I'm so glad you like it. I love the show because you're making everyone feel and look beautiful. Well, thank you. I want to know, how did you get into, like, how did you get involved with this show? That's a very good question because obviously I am not an actress or a TV personality of any sort before mm -hmm. this. I am a surgeon and I've been in practice for nearly 10 years since I finished my training. Um, if you are around the Beverly Hills area, there are, are always shows in production. I have been contacted probably 20 times for a variety of shows since I've been here in the 90210 um, zip code. And nothing ever comes from most of them. So, you know, I'll do an interview and then I never hear anything again. So this was kind of the same situation. I did an interview and there was already a pilot shot for the show. And I saw the original pilot and they were replacing one of the doctors on it. And um, I did an interview and heard nothing for years. And then about two years later, I got a call and they said, hey, we're revisiting the show. Um, are you still interested? And I said, sure. And then two months later, I got a call with a bunch of people screaming, saying, oh, my God, we got picked up for a full season. So oh it was it was very unexpected. And I guess everything in the industry is a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm -hmm. You know, you do the interview. There's lots of excitement. And you, you talk to a variety of people. And then there's nothing. It's crickets for months and months and months and months. And do you love, like, having the, the film crew, like, follow you? Like, how does that affect, like, with the patients in the room? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a little bit stressful. So I have a very busy full-time practice. So I've had to kind of integrate this second full-time job into my life. And um, the main thing is the crew is huge. I'm not sure what I was expecting when we started filming, but there's, there's minimum 15 people here on filming days. And all of the patients we use are, are chosen, consented. They know exactly, you know, what's going on. And I don't want to freak out or scare my other patients or my partner's patients. So we've been very careful to, you know, schedule things in a way where we are away from my regular patient population. And um, it's actually been a lot of fun. I mean, a surgeon, we're performers. Like, we're used to kind of being the, the center of attention in the operating room. So it, it hasn't been as stressful as you would think. I'm used to having lots of people watching me do things that are stressful. Right, right. So, Doc, you mentioned the, the patients are chosen. Are, are these the, the people we see on TV? Are they your patients that have you, they've been patients for years, or, or are these casted patients that are really getting the surgery that they, they put a casting notice out for? So in my situation, it was a mix. So the, the, the woman that I did the breast reconstruction, Katie, mm -hmm. she was my patient. She was already having surgery with me. Um, and it, it was important for me to feature that type of surgery on the show. So um, I helped them find an appropriate patient. But the rest of the patients actually came through casting. So um, the way it works is the casting agency kind of does the initial look of um, everyone that applies. And then they send it over to the doctors. And then we meet with the patients and we decide whether this is someone that we we have options for mm -hmm. and um, give them the thumbs up or thumbs down and then the final say is really with the network and they they look at the people the doctors gave the thumbs up and they decide who they think is going to make for an engaging fun show that that highlights um, what they want to highlight mm -hmm. so so the patients that you're you're doing surgery on obviously for the for the excitement of the show I, I assume the producers, obviously, in conjunction with yourself, look for patients who have, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, uh, looking for some uh, crazy surgery or some something wacky or something different. Yes. 
Absolutely. I mean, we we understand. I mean, this has been hard for me to wrap my head around because I'm not a TV person. That I mean, the whole point of a TV show is it has to be fun and interesting. Nobody wants to watch something that is boring that they've seen a hundred times. So the goal for casting the patients was to find fun, interesting people with unique problems because or, or problems that spoke to a lot of people because we, we want to be engaging. It's a television show. It's there for entertainment and, and to have fun. It's supposed to be lighthearted. Well, you know what? Definitely because just like the, the radio show I do, People aren't going to listen if it's just blah 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 blah. Like, of course, you know, they, don't yeah. hear, they don't want to hear. Tra- tra- yeah, they don't hear Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. They don't want to hear that. Yeah. They want to hear Definitely something. Yes, yes. Well, I want to know because of the whole social media aspect of um, how people perceive each other with these Snapchat filters. Do you have people coming in saying like, "I want to look like my filter"? Yeah, we have that a lot, and it's it's actually more of a problem in the facial plastic surgery world that my partner, um, Kat Chang, operates Mm -hmm. in than than for me, but I mean, absolutely. I think one of the biggest problems with social media, and it's funny how it evolves. When I was a kid, you know, I remember our parents kind of beating their head against the wall about how these magazines airbrush photos and give young girls unrealistic expectations. Now it's just magnified to this this world of filters and Facetune, Mm -hmm. where people can very quickly in a, you know, a 30 second process, alter their appearance so significantly in a way that looks so real. The expectations for what bodies should look like are just absurd. And, and one of the problems is, is that not only do people come in with a Facetune picture saying, I want to look like this picture I made of me, they also think that celebrities look the way they look. And so on their Instagram, and so they'll bring a picture of somebody from 10 years ago, and then a picture of them now and they'll say I want you to do whatever surgery that person did when in actuality all they did was photoshop the hell out of their face um and it's you know it's complicated conversations well I want to know like when do you say like no because I feel like Madonna wouldn't be Madonna without her like tooth with the little space and Barbara Streisand wouldn't be Barbara without her nose like when do you say no like you look great like like, we could do something else or alter some other way What, what how do you feel about that and how do you deal with your patients I, I say no a lot, and I think, you know, ultimately the goal of plastic surgery is not to morph normal people into something different. You know, the goal of plastic surgery is to alter things that are kind of on the border of abnormal and bring them into the normal range. And so when we're doing things to people when they're normal and making them look strange, that, that's a problem. And so, you know, I kind of my mantra with this is that the energy and the feelings are real, and they deserve to be validated mm-hmm. with these people, but I try to redirect the energy. So the energy when they come in may be focused on a rhinoplasty, and that's just not what they need. Mm-hmm. Or they want, you know, somebody's crazy, like a lip lift on a 20-year-old or, you know, buckle fat removal on a very thin woman that's not going to age well. I try to redirect that energy into some other type of more healthy self-improvement. And I think I think it's a, it's a better option. And do I lose patients? I'm sure. You know, it's L.A. You wave a credit card around. You're going to find someone to take <laughs> right, it. Right, right. But I, I try to tell people that, you know, the goal your goal in life should always be to surround yourself with people who are honest and tell you the truth and that don't always just tell you yes and you know you you have have to have a heart to heart with yourself and sit down and say hey you know I, i wanted this my heart is broken because i thought this surgery was the right thing but you know maybe this maybe this doctor is onto something and i should focus this energy elsewhere no that's great 
I think that's great. Like, what are the trends now? Like, what are people, I mean, besides the Snapchat filter, like, are people saying, like, I want breasts like so-and-so, or I want, like, a butt like so-and-so? Like, what are the trends? Sure. So I would say in my practice, one of the biggest trends are natural small breast augmentations. I think that uh, the age of the big stupid boobs that are, you know, the size of six bowling balls, that's, yeah, it's it's over. We don't okay. we don't do that anymore. People don't want that, and I think that's great because it's a it's a safer surgery with less problems, and they last better long term. And I think that's awesome. Um, so I think that's a positive trend. Mm-hmm. On the negative trend side, I I think a lot of these just absurd Brazilian butt lifts are pretty pretty toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know we are creating bodies that don't really exist in nature you know taking a very very thin woman with scrawny legs and giving her an enormous disproportionate but you're not creating something that that exists in nature and I I think that that is really not something we should be focusing on in plastic surgery no that that, I I agree with that like what celebrities are people saying like I want breasts like so-and-so or I want lips like so-and-so like who are the celebrities that are they like bringing in pictures with bringing pictures in and saying like this is what I want to look like yeah, I, I think probably the most common celebrity that I that these days that I see is Bella Hadid for mm. breasts. People want Bella Hadid's breasts. Um, that's probably the most common one in my practice. I occasionally okay. Miley Cyrus for whatever reason. That's okay. a common common breast picture. Um, so just kind of small proportionate breasts that are shaped nice, which is you know a, I think is a really positive trend. And perky. It sounds like very perky. And I love that mommy makeover you just did on the last show. She looked beautiful. Oh, thank you. And that patient's so fun. Yeah, she felt beautiful too. She's like, my husband's looking at me this way, and it was very. It's so <laughs> real. Like it's that. That's what's great about the show is it's very real, and you get the um, patients of you know like how they're feeling afterwards. It's great. Yeah, I mean, people are funny. They always think the plastic surgeons are the interesting part, but I, I swear the patients are the most yes. interesting part of my job. It's the most fun thing. I mean, who knows somebody who's had quintuplets? I mean, I, yes. I get this opportunity to meet such interesting people, and yes. then everything about Roxana is fascinating. You know, she's military. She's a pediatric ER nurse. She takes care of those kids basically by herself with right. no help. I mean, right. she's incredible. I, I, I probably interviewed her more than I would a normal patient because I just want to know about her sure. life so much. It's so fascinating. No, she looked gorgeous. You did a great job, and you were very sweet with her. So, no, I definitely love it. Now, Doc, Thank si- you. Si- since the pandemic, ha- have you seen anything? You know, I'm, I'm guessing you know, everyone's putting on the, uh, the pandemic pounds. Uh, you know, are you seeing more maybe liposuction requests because people are just cooped up in the houses? Gyms are closed and foods are plentiful. Yeah, de- I mean, and definitely, that is one of the most common things is that people, you know, have gained the COVID, you know, 19, as the joke is, and they want to get rid of it. And so we have a lot of people calling because they want surgery help. And that's just, you know, surgery is not meant for weight loss. Surgery, liposuction is for sculpting. So, um, you know, those are often difficult saying no to the patient conversations. But um, we're seeing a lot of people who are staring at themselves all day, every day on Zoom, which was not something we were all doing a year ago. And so we're seeing a lot more people with all kinds of facial concerns and um, interest from the younger population with Botox and fillers and peels and things to improve the appearance of their face because they're staring at themselves on Zoom all day. It's kind Mm -hmm. of an interesting transition. Hmm. Now, if you weren't a doctor, what would you be? 
if I wasn't a doctor, I would love, love, love to sing on Broadway. Okay. I am such a performer, and I was in, I was a vocalist when I was younger, and I sang in a variety of choirs, and I just love performing. I think there's nothing more fun than live theater and live music performance. It's just so incredible um, to be part of it when you're when you're singing with a group or performing with a group. I would I would have loved to do that. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if since question just usurped my next question, but w- what's one thing? no one knows about you one thing that no one knows about me well that's a good question i'm trying to think um i mean i've i've fessed up with a bunch of the weird stuff about me already on my show i'm not sure i know anything that no one knows about that i haven't said yet i mean some of the interesting things are that i was a choir girl i was in a sorority which i know i don't really seem the type um in college which was a lot of fun um, oh, I'm a car girl. You saw a little bit of that on, on television. I'm a lover of cars. I grew up in a family that appreciates a beautiful automobile. Mm. What's your favorite car or car you'd like to get or something of that nature? I just got a new car right now, so my everyday driver is an Audi R8. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I like a nice supercar. It's, it's a good everyday driver version of a supercar. Definitely, definitely. is. I'm a car guy. I have a couple of older... Uh, Muscle cars, uh, Grand National. That's from the late '80s, and you know Corvette here and there, and uh, have amazing. A, yeah, so you know it's always fun. All, cars are always fun, but that is definitely something that uh, you know I bet people wouldn't pick about you. Yeah, something different, something fun. Well, I want to know if we don't go like the pre- the plastic surgery route. Like, what's your beauty tip to say? Like, let's keep your skin looking fresh, or um, one product that you're like, you know what, you got, everyone should use this because it'll keep your skin looking like really fresh and clean. I think the most important skincare product that every person in the world should be using is sunblock. I think that UV damage, I know that UV damage is really the primary force of aging of skin. And that is the difference of what makes you look old and young. When, when I see people in their 50s with beautiful skin, uh, they look so much younger. And what I see a lot in California is people that abuse the sun when they were young mm-hmm. and look 10 years older than they are because their skin is so damaged. Um, so sunblock, sunblock, sunblock. And I know it feels weird to put sunblock on every day, but I, everybody should be in the habit of that. I think that is the simplest, easiest thing we all can do. And then the second thing would be a retinol. Mm-hmm. Um, retinols are one of these ingredients in pretty much every skincare line has a retinol, and it's because they work. They've been around for decades. The research is strong. They improve your skin quality. So everyone should be on a retinol as well. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. Definitely, definitely something good to know. But speaking of something good to know, Sin would like to play a little game with you. She has her game, This or That. Let's do it, Dr. Killian. You're going to have fun. Okay, perfect. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Ready? The first one is in or out Burger or Bob's Big Boy? in and out Of course, of course. Ice cream or Fro-Yo? Ice cream. I eat a lot of Fro-Yo, but if I could choose, it's ice cream. Ice cream. Chanel or Scrubs? Oh, scrubs. Yeah. So I am, I, I am, I'm a jeans and t-shirt scrubs girl. It, you have to force me to dress up. <laughs> Have a cover of Vogue or cover of Vanity Fair? Oh, Vanity Fair. Give Poor me Annie Leibovitz, please. <laughs> How about Wonder Woman or Batgirl? Wonder Woman. And how about Dr. McDreamy or Dr. Oz? 
Oh, Dr. McDreamy, Oz can <laughs> jump off a jump off a cliff with all of the weird pseudoscience. Give me a real surgeon any day. And have a your, what's your tagline for the year 2020? Oh my God, that's a good one. My, my 2020 is um, it's definitely not the same. It is a different day. All right, thank you for playing. You're so fun. <laughs> well, we got to know you a little better on that, I think. Perfect. I'm so glad. Yeah. Now, Doc, since, you know, there's a lot of shows and, and we, we've had uh, a handful of people on from the different uh, reality shows on Calvin. Do, do you ever run into the other uh, players out there that are on, you know, on, on Bravo? I mean, like um, you know, Selling LA or Shaw's a Sunset. You ever run into the other people? Yeah, we do occasionally. I mean, my, my block in Beverly Hills has one of the kind of most famous nail salons where people get photographed at a lot by the paparazzi right across the street from my office. And so you'll see a lot of people from Real Housewives over there, um, you know, just the, the typical Bravo cast of all of these shows somehow ends up in my area. And then right down the street is Villa Blanca, one of the a Vanderpump restaurants. Okay. Like we have a pretty big Bravo presence around here. You'll see the million about 10. Now, if you if you weren't on this show, would you would love to do like a crossover on like either a Bravo show or another um, show on E? Would, is there anything that you would like or try to check out? Yeah, I mean, I am a sucker for reality TV. I love reality TV, so I would certainly love to do another show. If if this show ends, hopefully we'll get a couple more seasons under our belt. I would love to do something else. Um, I, I, I love real interactions. I'm not as afraid of, you know, complicated relationships with other castmates, but I definitely don't want something that's going to kind of sully our reputation in plastic surgery. I think women in particular have a difficult time, as there's not a lot of us in this field and the last thing we need is to have a, a negative reputation mm -hmm. i have another one who is your celebrity crush and you can't say the big fat jelly <laughs> oh okay fine um i think my my celebrity crush i probably if i had to pick somebody who's similar in age with me i would say jennifer garner okay. um i love her i think that she, not only has she aged mm -hmm. beautifully and gracefully and she has the sweetest most lovely personality but she's so darn interesting and fun to watch on social media and if i had to pick somebody who was older than me mm -hmm. my celebrity crush it would be dolly parton i mean <laughs> that woman is yep. just a national treasure i mean there is nothing wrong about her i mean she is hilarious she is self-deprecating in all of the right ways she's caring and loving she has mm -hmm. a beautiful charity she's built she's been married to the same man for decades i mean mm -hmm. she's just a gem i love dolly she's awesome oh i know you don't hear that that often right. Either, no. Right, <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. She's incredible. That's awesome. Now, Dr. Clean, any news on a new season? Um, we have not heard anything yet. We're, it's kind of a weird year because we, you know. <laughs> There's not a lot of promotion of the show, and so we're not involved in a lot of the normal activities. So we don't really hear a whole lot. So all we can do is ask all of our fans that love the show to please let E know how much you love the show, and hopefully we'll get another. We'll hear about another season soon. Yes, we have to because definitely, I love definitely. the show. I love, and like I said, I love that it's all women, and you're making you know all these like mommy makeovers, or you know someone with like something going on. Like the other woman the other day, even your colleague was she had like a third breast that they removed yeah i mean that is just like this poor woman lived with that for so long 
Absolutely. And I think the, the way to have more diversity, the way, the way to get young girls to think that everything is a possibility is to show them that everything's a possibility. And the way to have more diversity in how different professional careers are represented on TV is to have different pre- careers represented by, by a more diverse cast. So I hope people support us and um, are interested in the lives of, of female plastic surgeons. And we, we've loved sharing it with everybody. Well, I love that it's an all-woman cast. It's just amazing. Yeah, we were excited, too. I'm so glad that you guys love it. I love it. I love it. it, it was, it's just amazing. But just the way you make people feel. And then others can watch the show and say, like, oh, I have that, too, and it can be corrected. So you put it out there, and, like, you're like, it's okay. We're going to work this out, and you're going to look beautiful. And they all do. Yeah, it's, it's been so fun responding to Instagram comments. You know, I have people from all over the world that have been contacting me about, oh, my God, I have this problem, and I didn't realize there was a solution for it. Or, oh, my God, I, I had this surgery, and they didn't give me the options that you gave your patient. Like, what can I do to make help make women aware that there's more options out there? It's been, it's been such a positive experience for me. I've been so grateful to be part of it. And, and, and I also think, as you mentioned before, having – more diversity in, in your business as well as any, anyone's business because obviously, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll quote from Seinfeld, you have more experience with the equipment when you're working on female patients than, than a male doctor would. Absolutely. And I think, you know, this is why diversity is important in every field, every specialty, every career. I think the more diverse the world of plastic surgery is, the more perspectives that we are able to give and the better care for patients we can develop. I think that women are a very high percentage of plastic surgery patients, about 95%. And we're a very low percentage of the plastic surgeons. And it doesn't matter how amazing and empathetic you are, you get a different perspective when you hear things from a woman. And I think that all we can do is elevate the field by including more women and we can also elevate the the field by including more people of color we have a big problem in surgery with with having very few people of color in our specialty and so we need to just diversify diversify it's better for everyone it definitely is and and, you know surgery regular you know medicine you know general doctor or like i said radio tv film politicians construction workers I, I think, you know, everything needs to be opened up to everyone because the, the world is so diverse. The United States is so diverse, population 330-some-odd million people. Uh, but I think your show, especially with the all-women cast, and is showing other women, other young women, that you can do this. There's no nothing holding you back. Absolutely. And I, and I love I love getting messages from, from young women saying, hey, I didn't realize this was a thing. You know, I'm very lucky. I grew up in a family with a lot of powerful female role models. You know, my mom's a surgeon, and that was rare um, for her age group. So I, I always knew it was a possibility because I saw it every single day in my house. And I want every single girl out there that has even a tiny interest in medicine to know that it's not only is it possible, but you can have a great life. You can be a mom. You can set limits with your career. And be a wonderful mom and physician and I I want everybody that's interested to have the opportunity to do it and to know it's possible. So now doctor how can my audience find follow and keep up with you and the show? 
That is a great question, and I would love, love, love for your audience to follow me on social media. Um, I am on Instagram as K-L-K-I-L-L-E-E-N, K-L Colleen, and my website is drkaleen.com. I love messages. I do my best to respond to all of them. Um, I, I really think this, like I said, it's the most fun part of my job is all the people I get to meet. So send me a message. Tell me what you think. Let me know if you have suggestions for next season, what you want to see, and I would love to hear from you. All right. And the show is on 10 p.m. Eastern, Monday nights. On the E channel. On the E channel. All right, Doctor. Mm -hmm. Well, I thank you for being on the Big Fat Joey Show. I wish you nothing but luck, success, health, and to a quick end to 2020 and a great new year. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Better. You too. Your lips to God's yes. ears. All right, Doc. We'll speak soon. Be well and have Stay a great safe. day. Stay Thank safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. How sweet is she? And she's doing an amazing job on all her patients. Super sweet. Does awesome work. I guess you can use the word awesome in the medical field. At least, uh, you know, I can from my 10th grade health class. Uh, it was great having the doctor on, super sweet, uh, answering all our questions, and you know, giving us a, a, a sneak peek behind the scalpel of exactly what goes on in cosmetic surgery. Well, everyone, make sure tomorrow night, season finale, Dr. 90210 on the E! Channel at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, everyone, up next is my interview with Igor Keller, also known as Longboat. All right, everyone, let's welcome to the line musician Igor Keller from the band Longboat. Igor, welcome to the Big Fat Joey Show. How are you? Thank you, Big Fat Joey. It's wonderful to be on. Well, it's wonderful to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Sun is shining and birds are happy where I am. And, um, and I hope they're the same around your place, too. Yes, sun is shining. Birds are chirping. Actually, it's sun's coming out a little more. It was a little overcast before, just from the humidity. But uh, you know, here on Long Island, it's uh, it's sunning up pretty well. What you're up in the uh, northwest, correct? Great Pacific Northwest. Yes, the tall trees and the um, um, sharp blackberry vines. Yes, yes, the blackberry vines will will put a tear in you, but uh, they they are tasty. Mm -hmm. So, Igor. You are a man who, mm -hmm. and this is going to come down later, we're going to be speaking about this, but you, you are a prolific writer. You've got some 23 albums you've written, and I'm finishing up the last two or three of them, since 2011. In mm -hmm. nine years, you, there are people who in their careers don't write 23 albums, but you, you, you've written 23 in 11 years. How... Mm -hmm. Have you been able to do that? Well, you know, the, the plan was originally, uh, the first album that I wrote was about Seattle, about uh, Seattle itself, its neighborhoods, its suburbs. And it was such a great experience. I thought, oh, I want to do this once a year. So then for the next couple of years, I just put out one album a year. And <laughs> after about three years, I realized that wasn't enough. And I would have to start putting out more albums, and and actually, it was it was an economic consideration in that I could only afford to make a certain amount of albums, and now I've gotten so efficient at making them that I can record 
Uh, well, last year I recorded four albums, and then this year I've recorded six. Wow. And um, it's, yeah, and and um, most of them, uh, five of those ten have been electronic blues albums. And with electronic music, as long as you have it organized, you know what it want, what you want, uh, those albums don't take very long to record at all. And I, I'm not a, a do-it-yourself musician. I do work with an engineer, and I... Um, and I do hire real musicians for non-electronic albums. I, I kind of, I, I go both sides mm-hmm. uh, there with electronic, all electronic, um, all live musicians, and then sometimes a blend of both. Well, you're keeping a lot of people busy. Yeah, yes. Yes, uh, the, the recording studios, I make them happy because, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's, kind of a uh, not a very well-known fact that uh this even pre-coronavirus that recording studios were uh closing down because people were doing their own engineering and of course you can you can sort of it's it's one of those things with a practice ear you can tell what a, a poorly engineered and poorly edited song sounds like and when those like make it to the radio and make it to number one uh, you're, you're kind of scratching your head and wondering how that ever could happen. But it's just, it's basically what people get used to. If people get used to bad engineering, then, you know, that's what they, they'll come to expect. Right. I mean, you know, 30, 40 years ago, to be a musician or a singer, you really needed to know how to sing. You really need to know how to play mm-hmm. an instrument. I mean, I'm no singer yes. by any stretch of the imagination, but in the right studio with enough money behind me, uh, you know, I, I could be the next big pop artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> with enough, enough auto tune and sauce on your voice, you could sound like Pavarotti. Exactly. So besides all the writing you've done, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into music, who you are, what, what's prompted you to, you know, be such a, a, a prolific writer of music and, you know, doing it day after day, year after year? Well, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you, you just kind of grow up and instead of uh, uh, thinking about, uh, you know, throwing rocks at frogs you, uh, when you're a kid uh, or any of that other stuff, you think about music. You've got little tunes in your head, in your head and that's um, after a while you want to get them out. You want to start writing them. And in my case, it's sort of it's a little bit of an extreme case because whenever I sit down at an instrument and I maybe I don't even know how to play it uh, that well, you know, if I if I sat down at like a hurdy gurdy or a zither or something like that, I would start picking tunes out of it once I I figured out what you know how to the rudiments of playing this instrument, and and because of that, you know, I'm not that great at playing any instrument outside of saxophone which i i played for years okay. in in bands of various size sizes and you know had every single crummy gig there was that that uh, the city of seattle had to offer and um you know it really built character but the jazz scene kind of went away in seattle uh, a couple of years back and so i i had to figure out what to do and a lot of the jazz guys that i play with became rock musicians and and it was a very seamless transition, and um, and in fact one of them uh, uh, 
uh, play is plays with uh, Katy Perry's Road Band now. Oh wow! And uh, you know he's 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 done very well for himself. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, you know, Katy Perry. She's uh, she's up there on on the tops yeah. of the tops in the in the music world. Yeah, she she absolutely is. And uh, he, you know, he's played on a couple of my albums, and uh, but now he's a bit too he's a bit too famous for that. So you know, uh, and I I would you know have to like fly him in. And so now there's a guy down the street who's who's awesome, and I and I hire him. Yeah, you call you call that guy down the road. You get a maneuver and a cup of coffee. He's good to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I like to I like to pay my student my session guys really well, and uh, because because they, they they'll actually look forward to the session and they'll actually you know they'll look at my notes and look at look at the music that I sent them, and so you know, what you think you can you will take a day and a half to to get done will take uh, you know a day three quarters of the day. Because they're into it, right? So, well, it's that old edge. You get what you pay for. So, and they and they love the and they love the payday at the end of it too. Right. They know you're doing right by them, so they're going to do extra right by you because you know they're professionals. They'll always get the Absolutely. job done, but they'll uh, they'll definitely put the extra uh, absolutely extra extra effort into it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I never ask anybody for favors. I, they're, they're, they're all. I, I try to compensate them as well as I possibly can. Now. The latest song that you sent me, "Safe at Home," it's a it's a catchy mm-hmm. tune, and and I know it was originally intended for people to listen to to try to get them out of that rat race uh, modality mm-hmm. in their head. And uh, you know the yeah. the the, the uh, coronavirus did what your song was attempting to do is to get everyone to slow down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a much more temporary thing. You know, you you. You, you stay home a, a couple of nights, a couple of days uh, with those that you love and those you care about. And, you know, you, you kind of write your relationship ship, um, I guess, um, with, with those around you. And um, uh, it, it took on different, a different meaning as, as the lockdown continued. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of spending time at home and treasure the, the, the main the rest of the song is is about uh, spending time at home and um, appreciating the people you're around. And uh, you know, it's it's I I'm really happy that it it has additional re- relevance because when I was writing it, I was writing it a year ago, um, in like last August, and I had no idea that you know, this coronavirus was going to happen and and we would all be staying at home and and sort of uncertain about the future. That that was just a you know it, it kind of was was a, a chance thing. I'm guessing since you write you know like I said we're coming up on 23 albums in the past nine years. Uh, I'm guessing you took this forced lockdown as uh, as an opportunity to write more than you probably have ever written before. Actually, quite the opposite. <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew it. I. I, I I needed a little break after after six albums. I needed a little break, and I, I haven't written anything. I'm planning a couple of albums, um, but see, I have out of those twenty three albums, I will have four to albums to release next year. So um, I'm planning just two albums, and um, it's going to, of course, sound completely different than anything else I've done before. 
and I'm going to hire musicians I've worked worked with before, and um, hopefully it's going to be uh, uh, you know the most awesome thing I've done yet. But I kind of feel that way about every album that comes out. I'm I'm a guy who likes my music. You hear about some musicians who are like, oh, I I can't stand to hear myself sing that. I I don't like my playing. I don't like this song. I don't like any songs on this album. But I wrote them all. I'm not like that at all. I really like I like what I've done, and I um and as uncool as it might sound, I do enjoy listening to my music. And my, my, my wife enjoys listening to my music with me, too. So that's that's really nice. And, you know, it's another reason why I married her. Well, that's always good. You know, it's, it's, it definitely helps if the wife enjoys your music, if that's your livelihood. <laughs> yes. And you know but, and, and, but, you know, we're, we're kind of, speaking of the lockdown, you know, she's, uh, she works as a librarian, but she is working from home now. And so we're, uh, we're together about 23 and a half hours every day. And, you know, that's, I, I actually, um, you know, according to safe at home, I, I really kind of actually treasure that time, even though it's in, you know, there's so much of it. We're together. So, so much of the time, but it's still really nice to be with her. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's definitely a good time to catch up and, and get things done and, you know, reacquaint yourself with your family. And I, I just saw a meme the other day online and uh, someone wrote, you know, I've been married for whatever, 17 years. I finally actually know who my wife is mm-hmm. now, <laughs> you know, because now they're all yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you have coming up for us? You, you, you mentioned that you, you've been writing, you've got some things coming up. What are, the, what are the latest albums that we can look forward to? Okay, well, you know, I, I actually sort of started the releases uh, in January of this year with an electronic blues album called uh, Woke Up This Morning Variations. And the reason why it's called that is because, you know, there, there's the whole cliche about blues songs. They all begin with either Woke Up This Morning or My Mama Done Told Me. And um, and so I wanted to kind of, uh, I wanted to update the blues as best I could. And I had so much fun making that album that I record, recorded four more electronic blues albums. Now, um, the, uh, the Safe at Home is from uh, is from an album that's out now called The Wow and the Pal Volume 1. And, um, I, and there there will be another video coming up called All That Woo about um, uh, uh, alternative medicine and how how it's, it's mostly bogus and uh, how mostly it's about separating you from your money. But, and it's going to be, it's going to be great. They're going to be, you know, like uh, dancing brains and, and things like that. My, I've, I've, uh, been um, encouraging my animator to be as crazy as possible on that. But in in a couple of weeks, there will be a, a new album coming out called Basically Blue Volume One, and that is also going to be a blues album. But it's 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 um, alt blues. It's it's blues tunes that don't sound like blues, mm-hmm. but they have all the sort of blues markers in them. That may sound kind of wonky, but once you listen to it. It, it'll make sense to you, and uh, that is, uh, you know, also all electronic, and it's got some some very nice tunes in it. And I'm having about four videos made for from that album, wow. and they'll be out in um, in September and October. So now, all of these albums that are coming out, like I said, we're we're coming up on twenty three of them. 
you have mm-hmm. a magic number in your head saying, you know what, at the end of the day, I need, <laughs> you know, when, when it's all said and done, I want to have 50 or 100 mm-hmm. albums out there. Do you have a number in your head or are you just going to do it till, the, till you just don't do it? Well, you know, it all, the emphasis is always on quality, but the, the number that I really want to get to is 50. Uh, so that's a bit down down the line some. Yeah, that's like but, March of next year. You know, with, yeah, with, that's like March yeah, of next with year a for little you. hard work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, hard work, dedication, if I eat all my vegetables, I might get to it. Um, but, but you know, it's, it, it's I, I, if, if it just was down to a numbers game, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, here, I'll put that song, or I'll put that song, or who cares about that? You know, if, if it was just that, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be nearly as fun, and it wouldn't be as much of a challenge. And, um, you know, I just, as, as long as I feel like I'm still doing really good work, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm super. I, I would love to do 50 albums. And I mean, you, you, ch- you, you, you kind of, it's like the Beatles did 13 studio albums. And right. David Bowie did 26. And the Rolling Stones, yeah, a lot. Right. <laughs> they have, they have a, a lot of albums out. But, but yeah, I, I, I'd like to get to 50. Um, and, uh, um, and you know, it does. It, it does encourage you to explore and it encourages you to find new uh, new ways of expressing music and also new um, uh, areas of subject matter because I, I don't I don't really even though space at home is about love and togetherness I usually don't write love songs um, because I don't have any insight into love at all and so sure I, 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 I like to tell stories yeah, <laughs> well, listen, I, I did not woo her. I, I've only been married for uh, two years, and um, I did not woo her with my own music. I didn't sit on her doorstep with my, strumming my guitar and, and say, ooh, baby, I'm going to love you forever. I swear <laughs> it. I will climb the highest mountain. I will I will swim to the bottom of the deepest ocean. No, I don't do that. Yeah. I, I, I met her because she was – and we got married because – uh, she was the right person for me, and I was the right person for her. Instead of the mountain, she just said, listen, we'll just take the elevator to the top of the Space Needle. That's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, so that's that's kind of that's kind of where I am. Well, that's great. I mean, like I said, 23 albums in, in the past nine years is a monumental task, and, you know, I tip my hat to you because – like you said, well, you, thanks, you, thanks. You you want to do it, and the the song I heard, you know, "Safe at Home," is very catchy, and you can tell there's quality mm-hmm. and, and there's a and there's a meaning behind it. Yes, uh, and that's the one good thing. The vast ninety nine point nine percent. I don't think I've ever had anyone. Everyone just really writes for the love of it. No one's doing it to say, "Oh, well, you know, I can make money doing this." You know, I'd rather really be you know X Y Z, but uh, you know, someone's paying me to write this stuff, so I'll sing it. So I don't have any of that, and that's yeah. and that's and that's what keeps people going because you, you you don't sound like the type of person who could do it that way. If you're not loving it, you're not enjoying it. You're like, you know what? I gotta go do something else now. Oh man, I love I love it so much. I <laughs> I'm doing as much as I can. I can I'm doing it as much as I can afford to, and and that's uh, you know I I I just am a big fan of recording, and I'm good at it too because I'm really organized. Okay. All right. Yeah. And and in the rest of my life, I'm not so organized. Well, you know, my wife comes into my studio here. You should see how my show notes look. She's like, "How do you even know who you're talking to?" 
Don't worry about it. It's all there's 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 a method to my madness. Uh, you know, I have notes on paper. I have notes on 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 uh, paper towels, on napkins, on the back, literally on the backs of matchbook covers. You know, I'm, I'm the old cliche. I, oh yeah. I just write on whatever in front of me. I write write whatever I have to in my head to write, and I go. Yep, I I do that. Um, I I write on my hand. <laughs> I have uh, just like the, the the beginning letters of every uh, of whatever word I I need to remember, and uh, yeah, that that works. And also, I'm a guy who writes on slips of paper. And since yeah, since I've, I've got my first iPhone, I, I do the the notes. The notes are really nice. Yeah, you know, because they keep everything at least in one place. Yeah, I've I've never I've never gotten to the notes. You know what I actually do? When I, something like like say you, mm. you'll, you'll tell me something and I don't have a pen or a paper on me, I'll I'll text my wife and she'll like I said, and I'll just put don't worry about it. So she knows when she sees oddball texts that don't make <laughs> sense. She knows that's just me texting uh-huh. something I need to pull back up later on to to remember or, or do something uh-huh. with or or if I call a, a, a store and do something they give me an order and they say oh your confirmation and I just text it to her. And she just knows, right? He bought something. Yeah, yeah. He 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 needs it for whatever reason. And yeah, that's that, that's another way of doing it. Yeah, I never got I never got into the notes because uh, I just never got. It's just easier for me to. And I I'll write on my hand here and there, but otherwise uh, I just text to myself. Mm-hmm. This is the same right. as a note. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you know you you're doing this a, a lot of it, all of it on your own. So now, how can my audience help support you by find following and keeping? Keeping up with everything, Igor Keller and Longboat. Okay, well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, well, I, I don't actually have a website, but I do. There is a, a Facebook Longboat page. You just do a, a, a search for that. There's a Facebook, or, sorry, a Longboat um, Instagram page, and um, but uh, most importantly, is there is a Longboat podcast in which. Every week, I take a longboat tune and dissect it um, for your uh, delectation, telling you how it's written, what my ideas were, what worked, what didn't. And right now, if I stop recording and I just, I just, you know, leave it all behind. Right. I if I put this this uh, podcast out every week, I have enough material to go on for six years. And so, and I just started it in March. That was actually uh, something that happened during the lockdown. I, d- I decided that was my that was my big initiative was to start that podcast. Wait. And uh, that you can get that on YouTube. It's called the Great Longboat Podcast. It's also available on iTunes and all uh, Spotify and all other platforms. And um, you can also stream all of um, Longboat's albums that have been released. There are 18 so far, and there'll be 19 at the end of this month, and then the four to be released are going to be next year. But that is longboat.bandcamp.com. Well, that sounds great. Ego Keller mm-hmm. of Longboat, thank you for being on the Big Fat Joey Show. It's been a pleasure, and I wish you nothing but luck and success. Thank you so much, Big Fat Joey. Have a great day. You too. We'll speak soon, buddy. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Fascinating interview, Sin. So amazing and so comforting, the song. Definitely. You know what? It, 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 it's very apropos, um, you know, uh, especially with what's going on, everyone at home, everyone on lockdown, everyone, um, you know, 
trying to get through this thing. You know, th this interview with uh, Igor was done a little earlier uh, in the fall, end of summer. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it looks like, once again, uh, things are taking a turn for the worst, for lack of a better phrase. Not as bad as it was in, in the spring, but, you know, there seems to be some lockdowns going on, um, you know, possibly. And, you know, New Jersey, New York, everyone's got to be more cautious. So, you know, remember, you know, mask yourself up, wash your hands, social distance, uh, holiday time. I, I think, uh, right, we're just staying by ourselves right no no yes, no one's yes, coming over yes. everyone's all the family members everyone's just staying we're zooming it we're zooming and zoom 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 so everyone's staying uh away from one another but i'll, I'll have more information on that on uh, next week's show on exactly how the holiday plans are shaping up all right everyone the clock on the wall is going tick tock tick tock it's that time again it's another sunday and on our way out, we're going to be listening to Igor Keller's new hit song, Safe at Home. But before we do that, this is Big Fat Joey. Big Fat Joey Show. Biggest thing on radio here with Sin Reminding everyone to make, make every, every sandwich, sandwich count. count. Peace. Something drove us, something made us want to flee From the jolt of everyday reality I wouldn't call it an exclusive club You probably would, so I guess there's the rub All semantics set aside Well, here's something that we haven't often tried Publicly, we're always trying to engage habit of this dark and stupid age unimportant information fills our brains and impulse is the only thing that holds the reins i propose none of the above just to be safe at home with those we love So glad you could attend Two quiet nights Now that seems more like a trend Three quiet nights And sanity's restored Four quiet nights We're getting kind of bored These are things That you shouldn't force Cause they have to happen On their own, of course The world will be out there With its bumps and grinds Trying its best to lose our minds like leaves were being tossed from here to there the noise is oppressive though we're hardly aware you can go and face all that stuff but first let's be safe at home with those we love
Let's take a moment on our own and spend some time all alone. Let's take a moment on our own and bury both our telephones. No bruises, no excuses, just a change in tone. A single day might be enough. Safe at home with all the people that we love. A single hour might be enough. Safe at home with all the people that we love.